You are listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast with pet business coach Kristen Morrison, episode number 76. Welcome to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, where it's all about pet business challenges, real coaching, and real solutions to help you thrive in your pet business and in your life. And now, here's your host, pet business coach Kristen Morrison. Hi, pet business owners. Today's segment is a little bit different, and I'm really excited about it. So, today I'm going to be answering some of your pet business questions. Now, maybe you didn't specifically give me this question, but you may find that the questions that I have been asked in this episode are questions that you've had on your mind too, and maybe not. (laughs) Some may not be, and some may be, so it just really depends. But I encourage you to just explore it, to listen. If you've never used a business coach before, you're going to get a taste of what working with a coach is like. I am going to be helping pet business owners navigate real-life challenges that they are currently facing in their business. Now, I say currently, just FYI, this was actually recorded three years ago, so it was not recorded during the pandemic. I imagine that the conversations that I would be having with pet business owners during this moment in time would be very different. However, a lot of what came up during this session with various pet business owners from all over the world when I recorded this is applicable for today because they're having, you know, challenges starting a business. They've owned a business for years, perhaps. And by listening, you can gain insight from hearing their problems and the answers to those problems and challenges that I will be providing for them. If you are grappling with something intense in your pet business, and a lot of these pet business owners were, don't worry, there is hope. So I want to share what you're going to learn from this episode, how to gently transition clients from you doing the work to passing the leash to your employees. You're going to be discovering ways to navigate client challenges. And no matter what is happening in the world, there are usually always at least a few client challenges, right? The best ways to market your pet business in order to grow your client base, how to stay active on social media without it taking up all your time. That's a big issue, isn't it? We all want to be promoting our business on Facebook, but you know we don't want to go down the rabbit hole. So how do you do that? How do you maintain a healthy balance? And when it's time to get a pet business software system to handle the data management, and then extras to do for your clients to set your business above the rest. Now, when I talk about software, I want to let you know that I actually have a software that I highly, highly recommend. I want to encourage you, if you are really wanting to get software, and this is a great time to do it, especially if your business is slower, I want to encourage you to go ahead and shoot me a quick email at admin at prosperouspetbusiness.com and say, you know, in the subject line, software recommendation needed, and I will go ahead and set you up with a demo with the creator of the software that I really recommend. It is 
fantastic. Many, many of my coaching clients have used this particular software. So that's just a little extra. I wanted to let you know about that. Feel free to email me if you'd like that. I will also have my email address in the show notes at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 76. Now, I wanted to share a little bit more about these coaching sessions that you're going to hear. I love doing mini coaching sessions. I also love doing really long coaching sessions, but these were pre-recorded via Facebook Live, and so you're going to be able to hear different people ask questions. And a couple of times a year, I offer these mini coaching sessions to the pet business owning community. And it's always an exhilarating experience to open up my phone and chat lines and not know at all what questions are going to be heading my way during the mini coaching sessions. You can imagine, right? I have no idea what's going to come at me and I love it. I hope you enjoy learning from the questions and answers that are a part of today's podcast segment. And I really want to encourage you, if you're interested in having a mini coaching session with me, go ahead and shoot me an email too. I can put you on the list for the next time that I do it. I can't guarantee that I'll pick your name out of the hat, but you could write a little challenge that you're going through and say mini coaching session wanted. And I do pick a number of people and I get a lot of emails about this, but I pick names out of a hat. So it'll be kind of the luck of the draw. And again, where to send that email to for a possible mini coaching session with me is admin at prosperouspetbusiness.com. And again, that will be in the show notes at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 76. And now here is the coaching session with me answering a lot of coaching calls, questions from people all over the world who are pet business owners. I'll see you on the other side. Enjoy this episode. Okay, so I am going to get to the callers who have questions. Give me just a second here. I am going to start with Karen. Karen, I'm going to go ahead and unmute you, my dear. Okay, you're unmuted. What's your question? Okay, is that me here in Baltimore? Yes, it is. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, um, I'm an overnight nanny, and I do. Uh, I call myself a nanny because I do 24-7. I'm single, never married, no kids. So when my clients hire me, they hire me per the day, uh, hence the nanny. How do I get, and I do have uh, one or two, three girls that work with me, women who work with me, on an as-needed basis, mm -hmm. I call them ICs. Um, I treat them, I think, as ICs. Mm -hmm. But how do I get my clients to um, understand that, you know, they're so used to me, and I know I'm wonderful, and everybody out there is so <laughs> wonderful. Yes. Uh, that your clients want only you. How do I get my clients to understand, even though I tell them over and over again, sometimes I just need to bring someone else in. Yes. So here's what I recommend, Karen, and this is kind of the bane of pet business owners existence in a way. It can be really challenging because clients get used to you. 
But before I answer that question, I just want to reassure you that your clients, even if they've been working with you for years and you hire people, they're most likely going to be working with you again, be, or working with your staff members because they're going to have to find a new person. So they might as well work with you, right? And your staff exactly. members. And yeah, they do. And they do. So here's the way that I really recommend. So it's a little different with pet sitting than it is with dog walking. With dog walking, you have to prepare for it, obviously, because you have a set schedule for dog walking, right? With your clients, if that's what you do. Maybe you don't do it. Let me just address it to those dog walkers who have that same question. So you've got dog walking clients. Let's say you're walking Monday through Friday and you really want to take Tuesday and Thursday off and you want to have your staff member cover that. So what you want to do is you want to just connect with your clients. You want to give them a little time so that they're not like knowing that it's going to happen tomorrow. You want to give them like a week or two. So to say something like, hey, Mrs. Smith, I just want to let you know that you know, starting in two weeks, I'm not going to be able to walk Fluffy on Tuesday, Thursday. However, don't worry, I have a wonderful staff member who is my assistant. She's fantastic. You're going to love her. She will be great. And so that's what you want to do. You want to, you will become a seller of people instead of you and your service. So it's a little bit of a shift when you're doing that, right? Because you're used to selling yourself. And it really is about you selling your staff members at that point. What you don't want to do is to start talking about it and then to have a huge gap in your conversation where they have any room to freak out. <laughs> okay? So you oh, no, no. Yeah. I, I think I can pretty much handle people. For instance, I had uh, uh, one of my gals, uh, I had a, a client miss their flight and I needed to cover somebody else and I had to do a little bit of juggling. Okay. Um, so I let the client know that um, in order to accommodate this other person and you, I need to bring someone else in. And I would hope that you would understand yeah. that if you were in that situation that you would be happy that I've, you know, have, have, have backup. Yeah, I actually, what I might do, language is so important, and it's really important in what could be a really charged conversation like this, okay. because it's intimate. The service that you're providing is super intimate. You're going in their home, taking care of their pets, two major things that could cause people's hackles to raise, you know, <laughs> like, ah! So what you want to do is to not like, I hope you can understand. I wouldn't even bring that into the conversation. What I would say is, you know, I'm not able to do these particular days. However, I've got a wonderful assistant who you're going to love. I would love to set up a time to have you meet with them. They're fantastic. And then you take them to the client interview. You know, and down the road, they can go themselves. But in the beginning, when you're transitioning like this, you really want to take baby steps and you want to be a part of that process, even though it'll take more time. You know, you'll have to go to the client interview. It's kind of a pain in the butt, but it reassures the client and ultimately it reassures you, right? You feel better about it. You see them with the client. You feel good. Okay. Okay, thank you for your time. You are welcome, Karen. Thank you for your question. All right. 
I am going to answer Leslie's question from New York, New York. Hey. Hi, Leslie. Hi. Hi. I said, I feel like I should say first time caller, long time fan. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> um, so I'm actually from Long Island. Not okay. Florida, my, my phone is the, is the New York area. Type okay. Um, we still love you. Anyway, um, thank you, thank you. Um, on with my question. Um, so I'm an LLC. Uh -huh. um, I've been, I do um, primarily dog walking, but also pet sitting, boarding. Okay. I've um, been doing it for about four years. Um, and bar none, the, the toughest challenge um, in the business, I feel, um, and really this is more dog walking, more the day-to-day -day than the um, pet sitting side and the boarding side. Um, but balancing, I feel it's, a, it's always the challenge to balance the client's schedule yep. with the sitter's schedule mm -hmm. with the overall company's schedule and yeah. trying to, you know, balance things out and not give one walker too many walks and another walker not enough. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I just wanted to, I don't know if there's an answer, but, you know, see what you have to say and, you know, maybe I'm missing something or, or whatever, but just sort of voice my, my frustration. I yeah, I get it. You're, you're balancing. Yeah. yeah. Your staff members, you're balancing you, you're balancing the business, you're balancing the clients. Here's the thing about balance. And I've discovered this in the past couple of years and it was very disappointing to me when I discovered it. So here's the bad news. Okay. Mm -hmm. The bad news yep. is that I don't believe it's possible to ever achieve that optimum balance, unfortunately. Right. When you're dealing with a lot, it, it would be perhaps if you're retired, <laughs> you know, right. and you're not dealing with a, a lot of people and pets and homes and, you know, and your own life and your family. So it's just, right. unfortunately, it's not possible. But what is it's possible? It's life, I guess. Yeah, it's life. Yeah. And so... It is what it is. It is. And, but, say. you know, this question comes up a lot. So I'm super glad you brought it up because what, like, I'm just kind of feeling into this question. So what, what ideally are you wanting? When you say you want balance, are you wanting things to run more smoothly? Are you wanting more relaxation in your personal life? I mean, maybe you want it all, but like if you had to pick one thing that's really bugging you about the lack of balance now, what is it? Um, I guess the, and it's related to um, the previous caller's question, I guess, is that, um, you know, as the owner of the business, I'm the default person. So it's, Somebody, you know, a, a walker needs to back out or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm all automatically myself or my manager just, uh, you know, going and fill the gap, and you know that puts uh, a lot of of stress on us. Um, and then, of course, there's mm -hmm. also, um, you know, the clients who um, will only want myself or my manager yeah. or maybe one other walker. Yeah. So. Um, you know, so that, you know, I would love to make that balance out more, I guess. This is super helpful. So I, I talked about that with the last caller. Did you, did you hear that part that I was talking about? Yes, okay, I great. Did. Awesome. Yeah, and I've introduced 
people, you know, so I've definitely gone from people just wanting me uh-huh. to people wanting me or my manager to okay. people wanting me or my manager or one of my other ICs. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, but, you know, sometimes it's, you know. I know. Even, that, I, that's not even helpful, you know. No, I, I totally get it. What really stood out from what you said, and I went through this too, if you own a business long enough in the pet world, <laughs> you're going to go through this. And that is, you are the emergency backup still. Right. And that, there is no, like the bigger you get, the more that becomes a liability for your spirit and your soul. Because there's no rest for the weary when you are the emergency yeah. backup, right? So here's yeah. what I did, Leslie, and it was not easy, but... I made a commitment to myself, and part of it was I had the amount of staff members that could support this. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you what I did. I was the emergency backup, and it was killing me, <laughs> you know, both emotionally and physically and mentally, and I never had time off. And so I made a vow to myself that I would not be the emergency backup anymore. Come hell or high water, I would find an alternate solution and I would commit to myself and to my business to get super creative about how I would do that without me stepping in and actually doing the dog walk or the pet sit. And once I made that vow to myself, and that was like maybe nine years into my business, so I was a late bloomer, like a lot of people <laughs> need to take that vow sooner and I did too but it took me that long to actually do that and I never was the emergency backup again so what I did is I began training my different staff members on different clients and if something happened then they were able to step in or another dog walker you know who maybe had never been to that client's house before, I would never have somebody step into a client's house that hadn't met the client unless I called the client and just said, hey, just to let you know, you know, there's been an emergency, the sitter is very sick, you know, we do need to get somebody in there. But oftentimes with the dog walkers, I would have nearly all the dog walkers trained on the dogs so that somebody would be able to step in there would be like two dog walkers or three dog walkers or sometimes even four dog walkers for one dog not that they all walk that dog each week but they were able to call another dog walker if there was an issue when you make a commitment to yourself and to your business it's amazing what happens so I think you might be at that point where you need to hire people that can just start out slow and take more, you know, as business increases. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's challenging, I know, but you know, you're gonna be working twenty four seven if you don't get somebody if you don't, I think, set that goal for yourself and that commitment. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's right. enough to make anybody crazy working that yeah. much. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Great. Thank, Thank you. you for your question, my dear. Okay. I have Kelly from Washington. Hey, Kelly. Hi. Hi. Hello. Oh, I love it when the dogs bark. 
<laughs> it's inevitable. They just know. <laughs> it wouldn't be a coaching call without a dog barking. Hello. <laughs> um, um, so my husband and I own um, a pet sitting and dog walking business, and we've been in business for 10 years. Uh-huh. And um, <clears throat> our question, I actually was also on the, the types part, but... Um, and now our mind is gone. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, Take a deep breath. This is an opportunity for all of us. <laughs> even you guys on Facebook Live. I'm sure you, maybe you're even in the middle of the dog walk. Just take a deep breath. <laughs> okay. <sighs> um, okay. Well, part of, as the person, the caller before was talking, we, I was thinking about it. That's something that we've wanted to do is have an emergency staff member, but I wasn't sure if you pay them like salary wise or uh-huh. um, since they kind of were on call to step in when a client makes a change or needs an emergency, um, you know, pet visit or something like that. Yeah. So what I did is I had an emergency fee. So let's say a client needed you to come like that day or the very next day. Then what I would do, we had a $30 last minute fee for any clients who had any emergencies. And that was split between the company and the sitter or the walker. So now if it was a dog walk, that was different because we didn't charge, you know, $30. We charged $25 at that time for a dog walk. So that would have been ridiculous. But um, what we would do is charge a $15 emergency fee for dog walking. So I recommend that you get for your clients an emergency fee in place and that you put it in your contract. Maybe you waive it the first time for existing clients who have never, you know, don't take advantage of, I've got an emergency, you know, but then you train them. You say, normally I charge $30 or whatever it is you want to charge in your area. It's probably a little lower than it would be for me in California. Washington, you know, it's a little bit cheaper to live there. So you got to think about that, the cost of living. So, you know, it might be $20 last minute fee. And then what you would do is just say, you know, as you may remember when you signed our contract recently that we reissued because we had some changes, we do charge a $20 last minute fee. And I'm going to waive that this one time, but just please note going forward, if you need to book a pet sit in less than 24 hours or 48 hours or whatever it is you consider an emergency, then, you know, that can be a way around it. And it can also discourage clients from calling you if they just, oh, I need a dog walk tomorrow. Because that's a lot. You have to scramble to make that happen. So does your staff member. So as far as... Right now we... Oh, go ahead. Right now we charge $3 a visit. Okay. Like it's with less than 48 hours notice, which... $3. Like I Yeah. Um, email me 4:30 yesterday, and she wanted to walk last night at 4, uh, 8 p.m. So like four hours later, oh my and um, and she's just mm. been an inconsistent like yeah. client that just, just randomly asks for stuff. And yeah. Wow. So, so I, yeah, I you know part of it is you are training your clients as much as you are training dogs. Okay. And when we let people get away with a lot, they're going to take it. They're going to be like, cool, I can call her at 4 in the afternoon and get a 9 p.m. walk, right? 
So the more we allow for that, the more they're going to just think it's fine. So part of this is going to be you nipping it in the bud. And by doing that, the action steps you'll want to take are actually, you know, recreating your contract to include a last minute charge. And it might be two different charges, one for dog walking and one for pet sitting, you know, and yeah. you want to think how much do you want that to be? It's probably going to be less for dog walking than it would be for pet sitting because pet sitting tends to be a long period of time. And, you know, dog walking would just be, hey, I need a dog walk tonight or tomorrow, you know, and I would actually yeah. have a different fee for same day service. I would that would be like a premium <laughs> you know, emergency <laughs> fee because it's a lot to scramble to make it happen. And you yeah. know what it is, too? It is respect for you and your time and energy. Even if you're not doing the work, you're having to scramble to make it happen. And it's honoring the sitter or the walker that you've hired because they have to scramble to make it happen. And then in turn, the client begins to honor and respect you. And a different relationship ensues as a result of that. It's amazing what can happen. And you're going to see that yeah. it's going to happen less and less as a result of you putting down these boundaries. And it's financial boundaries, really. It's like, if you want that, you're going to have to pay this. I'm happy to do it, or I'm going to see if I can make it happen. I can't guarantee it, but, you know, I'll do my best. So... Yeah. really recommend that. Okay. Want to take what you're learning from the podcast and begin to apply it in your own pet business so you can see powerful results? The Pet Business Online Course Learning Platform can help you do that. You'll find instant access courses that can help you launch or grow your pet business starting right now. You can watch, listen, and learn from the courses right now or whenever works best for you and from wherever you're at in the world. The How to Start Your Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Business in 7 Days online course gives you step-by-step -step instruction and comprehensive tools to help you launch your own pet care business and get paying clients in just one week. The 4-week Pet Business Catapult program provides a weekly comprehensive plan to help you create systems and strategies so you can work on your business instead of in your business. You'll also learn exactly what you need to find, hire, and train quality staff and attract high-paying, profitable clients. With these classes and the many other online classes you'll find on the course platform, you can take your pet business to a new level of growth and success starting right now. Go to PetBusinessCourses.com. That's PetBusinessCourses.com or use the online learning platform link in the show notes page to start transforming your pet business right now. You'll find many classes for all your business needs, including how to get your website higher on the search engines and how to use Facebook marketing to grow your pet business, plus many others. New courses are added monthly. These online courses provide solutions and actionable steps so you can quickly take your business to a new level of growth and profitability. And you'll receive your courses in less than 60 seconds after ordering. To find out more, go to PetBusinessCourses.com. Okay. Chris. I'm unmuting you. Hello. Hi. 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 <laughs> I finally figured it out. Yay. Um, <laughs> and thank you so very much for um, that last comment because I've been really bad at training my clients and yeah. I've known that I need to do it about last minute, you mm -hmm. know, reservation. 
So um, thank you so much. You're welcome. My question is about finding people to hire to work for me. As you know, I'm still I'm very small, home based, mm-hmm. um, daycare and boarding um, of little dogs. Uh, hire, finding people to hire so that I can get out of town occasionally on the weekend or mm-hmm. whenever needed. And it's very intermittent work. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hire them as a contract worker. So I can't really offer steady pay. But I've not been able to find reliable people mm-hmm. um, that I can trust. And I've sort of even just given up on trying, yeah. which is a real drag. And um, I know that it's possible, but I, uh, I've just not been able to do it. And I finally got a dog. I, I finally created a manual because I'm not at all linear, mm-hmm. and I'm not good at admin. And I did find someone I could talk to, and she would transcribe mm-hmm. and, and created a, a basic manual for training. That's great. But, um, yeah, I'm just a little stuck on how to... Find, you know, mm-hmm. who's really responsible, knows dogs, is reliable, and communicates well with the customer, you know, has yeah. skills, people skills, yeah. and communicates frequently with me because that's as much, that's as, as important as keeping the dogs safe is totally. that I know that things are being covered. Yeah, you're going to feel so, more trusting and relaxed to have that. Yeah, just, yeah. just little texts. Mm-hmm. I need frequent texts, mm-hmm. you know, that are short and free. Yeah. So, any suggestions? Yeah. This? Um, so, what is your hiring process now? I'd love to hear it so that I can give you some feedback about it. Well, I've simply advertised various places, including Craigslist at times, okay. and interviewed people, and mm-hmm. then sort of tried people out who seemed somewhat promising, but okay. that hasn't always worked out. Have you um, Have you used? Because I think. Have you used the application packet that you got? I think you got it from me, right? Did you I get that? I probably have. I think yeah. you did. I think I recall you getting it. So, you know, just for mm-hmm. everybody who's watching and listening, I'm saying this and you don't have to purchase my application packet. <laughs> you can make your own and I'm going to tell you how to do that. If you want to save time and energy, you know, you can get mine. But I had the same issue, Chris, and that's the reason that I created it for my own company and then I ended up having you know it created for other people to use so what you want to do is you want to create an application packet that has a cover letter that has the fact that you need this filled out and they need to snail mail it back to you by a specific date okay and you have that date in there and you have the mailing address what wherever you want that mail to You also want to have the job descriptions of the different jobs that you have and really be clear about what exactly is included, like what the job Mm -hmm. descriptions, okay? What are they doing? Mm -hmm. When? How much is the pay? You know, so for my company and in the application packet that I have for sale on my site, it was, it's like dog walking is a description pet sitting visits is one, overnight pet sitting is one. So those are the three descriptions. You're going to have boarding too if you're going to be hiring for that. So that's going to be a completely different job description. 
And then the other things that you want to have in your application packet are just a regular application that has all their information, refer you know, they can write down references, mm -hmm, right. et cetera. And then they have one specific for pet sitting. And I recommend that you specifically have the question in the, in the application specific for pet sitting, which is, you know, list three words that would make you a great pet sitter or dog walker. Because it's very mm -hmm. telling if they end up writing, uh, you know, a couple sentences, they're not paying attention, right? And that's going to come mm -hmm. out when they're taking care of the animals. And it's going to be right. a deficit. <laughs> and the clients aren't going to appreciate mm -hmm. that. And then you want to have a schedule, too. So basically, if they're overnight sitters, you would have them circle the areas that they can cover, and you would put those areas in. And then you would also have, you know, what are the holiday dates that you're not available for? Any other vacation dates? Same with dog walking. Mm -hmm. What areas can you cover? What hours are you available? That way, when you get this packet, you've got a lot of information before you even have met them. It saves you tons of time and energy. So again, mm -hmm. you know, create it, get it, whatever you need to do, but but do use an application packet. It's going to save you a lot of time. I find Craigslist to be a good place to place an ad. However, you're in Oakland. There are a lot of East mm -hmm. Bay pet sitters and dog walkers there. So sometimes there can be a lot of competition for finding good people, you know? And so that may be part of the problem, but don't despair. What I recommend is, you know, putting your hiring information on Indeed. You can post it on Nextdoor to find people locally. Mm -hmm. You can send information out to friends and family. You know, let them know that you need someone. I don't recommend hiring close friends and family because that could right. bite you in the butt. But they may know of somebody locally who could be really great. So I know it can be frustrating and disappointing to not find the right person, but I recommend that you do get back on the horse, the hiring horse, so to speak. And also, I just want to say, and I'm going to go ahead and, and mute you now, Chris, just because I have a few other people that have their hands up. But before I go on to the next person, which is going to be Tracy from New Jersey, um, I just want to say to you, Chris, and to everybody else who's watching and listening, that it's really important to look at how you're classifying your staff members, because you know, the IRS is cracking down on pet sitters and dog walkers who are using ICs if they're not using them in the correct way. And it can oftentimes be hard to use them in the correct way because, you know, sole proprietors by nature want control. So you get a lot more control when you have employees, whereas if you have ICs, you really aren't supposed to tell them what to do. And they can actually get their own backup help, which can be really scary if you think about it, because then you're not even in the equation at all. So anyway, just something to think about. Okay, I'm going to take Tracy from New Jersey. Hi, Tracy. Hey, Kristen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, okay, so I actually had a question about the caller before this last one, Kelly. Kelly's question um, yeah. and the dilemma with the emergency situation, etc. Um, how do you handle keys? And you know, like if you have an emergency situation, and okay, yeah, maybe you can find a staff member mm -hmm. to go and handle, you know, a last minute dog walk mm -hmm. or dog visit or you know, pet sit, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, how do you handle the keys? Good question. I love it. Because, yeah. Because the, 
because, you know, the main person, obviously, is, you know, the main caretaker is going to have a key. Mm-hmm. It's true. Couple ways, few ways. One is the caretaker hands over the key to the emergency backup person, you know, or the emergency backup person swings by a caretaker's house, you know, to get the key. That can be one way. The second way can be you have a set of keys, which I don't really recommend because then you're the key person and your job becomes really complicated. And, you know, that can be a whole job in and of itself, being the holder of the keys. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Yeah. But in the beginning, it's okay. You know, in fact, you kind of have to in the beginning. I had to. You know, when I was first starting out and I had a few staff members, I was the holder of the keys and, you know, it was a pain in the butt, but I just did it. And then you have to figure out alternate solutions. So a couple more solutions would be a couple sitters that I work with use UPS uh, mailboxes. I mean, there are lots of like mailboxes, etc. That can be one way to keep the keys there, you know, have them in a lockbox. It has a code, you know, they're able to go in, do the code. If for some reason you have a fallout with them, you change the code, they're not able to get it, you know? So that can be one way to do it. The other way would be, and this is kind of a more time-consuming way, but it can be a good thing in the long run, which is to get lock boxes for your clients. And what you want to do if you go this route is to just get a bunch of lock boxes at a discount because you'll get them, you know, multiply, and then you would charge a certain amount, and it would be a deposit more than an actual charge. It might be like a twenty-five dollar deposit. And you would give that to the client and let them know it's $25 deposit. When you get the lockbox back, they'll get the $25 back. Then they hold on to the lockbox. Nine times out of ten, they're not going to give you the lockbox back. If they move, they'll just take it with them and use it for their own use. So there are multiple ways to do it, and you have to find out which one works best for you. Another thing that some pet sitters and dog walkers do is have, you know, clients, you know, have a neighbor have the key or, but that's not very reliable, but it can work in a pinch, right. you know, a nearby neighbor or family member that has it. I so, like the lockbox idea. Any resources yeah. on that? Um, what I would do is Google multiple lockbox discounts. You know, maybe on Amazon you could get a bunch. I don't recommend getting the ones on the door handle because that just shows, you know, maybe the clients aren't home and you don't want to advertise that. But what I recommend are the kind of uh, rectangular ones that have like a four-digit code. And you could start with the client's phone number, like the last four digits of their phone number as the code, you know, and if one of your staff members, if you have to fire them, then you would definitely want to change that code. Of course. All right. But that's a good All way right. to begin okay. to set it up. All right. Thanks Thank for you. your question. Okay, Catherine, you're next. Hi, Catherine. I, I think I'm getting like little baby steps closer to maybe hiring somebody because I'm listening to you. Good. You know, <laughs> and I, I really appreciate this every time it's kind of the same information. It doesn't feel like a repeat because it makes me feel warmer to the topic. Good. Like, I, I, I know I need to do this. So, yeah. So I'm yeah, nudging you. I'm nudging you along, it sounds like. Yeah. Good. No, and so, like, and the reason why, of course, is because what everybody's saying today, mm -hmm. you know, most of the conversations have been exactly my, my questions. Like, I had a last minute today, you know, and I, what, what charge would you do for 
the same day. So I know you said, you said, oh, that'd be a premium, but you didn't say what you feel. Oh. And I know each market's different. But yes, it's going to be different for different areas for sure. Um, let me see where you are located. So you're in like Portland, like Oregon. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll have to kind of check out your competition and see if most people don't post an emergency fee, but you know what I would probably think what I did, I can tell you what I did, which is I charged a $30 last minute fee for pet sitting clients who needed to meet a brand new sitter you know, because we didn't have their sitter available or, you know, they'd never worked with us and they were calling desperate, then we would charge $30 as a last minute fee. And so that would be what they would be charged. That's not necessarily what you should charge. It might be more realistic for Portland, Oregon to be like 20 or something like that. So okay. as far as dog walking, that's going to be different. You might want to charge ten dollars fifteen if you only charge 18 for a dog walk then i would probably be looking at like eight you know you don't want to have it be 10 and be like over half what they're paying for a dog walk but you do want it to be enough that's going to cause them to go oh wow uh this is this is going to cost me. I'm going to rethink this next time and I'm going to plan. Yeah. Like the thing is, is what happens with pet sitters and dog walkers is your client's emergency then becomes your emergency and you were planning on an emergency, right? All of a sudden you have to scramble. So what I found in my own running of my business is that if I charged people more, it made it easier for me to do it. Like it took the resentment away. Like, gosh, you know, why didn't they plan? It's like, it's like you're exchanging something. Okay, I will scramble for you and it's gonna cost you, you know? And most people are fine to pay that. So I really recommend getting that in place. It's gonna make a big difference. Okay. Um, can you still hear me? I can, I can still hear you. Well, I was wondering, the second, I guess, based on everything that I've been hearing, too, um, about independent contractors versus employees, what did you really do throughout your, you know, the time you owned your business? Was it a majority employee? Yeah. Or was well, it more independent? That's a really long conversation, and I, I only have a few minutes, okay. so I'd love to talk to you about that, but I can't on yeah. this call. Also, yeah, what, no, also, yeah, totally. We can definitely chat about that. So what I really recommend, though, is talking to an employment attorney. They are going to be able to spell out the nuts and bolts of that. And how you can find somebody great is to, maybe not great, you'll have to vet them, you know, once you find them online. But you can Google low-cost legal aid employment attorney and see, and, and your area. You want to put, you know, the nearest town, you're near Portland or in Portland. So I would put Portland low-cost legal aid employment attorney and see what pops up. I'm sure you'll find somebody there and you can really pick their brain about it. Like, how can I set my business up so that I can actually have employees, you know, pay them well, pay myself, also get your accountant in on the conversation too. And if you don't have an accountant, I recommend that, you know, you get one and by 
bringing them into the conversation. I don't recommend the three of you meeting, although that could be great, but really, you know, letting them know what you're up to, you know, how you're going to be changing your business as far as the classification, and they'll be able to assist you in that. And they may even be able to recommend a bookkeeper, you know, or they may be able to do the bookkeeping because what happens with a lot of pet business owners is they just don't have the time to do the bookkeeping. So, if that's the case for you, I recommend that you really do hire it out. It'll make a huge difference. One less thing to think about, you know? Yes, thank you. I, I, I don't get time for vacations, and I'm not thrilled at the moment. Yeah, so. that's understandable not to be thrilled about that. No time for vacation. That's the highest time for Yeah. <laughs> thank you, my dear, for your question. I thank appreciate you. it. Okay, so Peggy from Steamboat Springs, how can I encourage employees to follow procedures and checklists? We have morning meetings and discuss any challenges and brainstorm solutions, and then they wander off and don't follow any suggestions. Are they worth keeping? Ah, oh, that's frustrating. God, you are covering the bases, girl. I mean, morning meetings, that's incredible. I think that's great that you're doing that. You know what I would do, Peggy? I would actually sit down with these particular employees. It looks like it's one employee that you have. I would sit down with that one employee and say, you know, what can I do to help you follow the procedures and checklists? Is there something that I need to do to help? Is there something that I'm not doing? You know, so that you kind of put it on you. And then, you know, how can I help you do that? And what would it take for you to follow the procedures and checklists because I know I've given them to you, you know, we're going over morning meetings, we're discussing the challenges. How can you get on board here? Because this isn't working. So you really want to nip it in the bud before it gets to be too much of an issue. And it sounds like maybe it has. And I see that you do have multiple employees because you said then they wander off and, and they don't follow any suggestions. Okay. So yeah, I would definitely be having a conversation with them. That is not good. And I would be monitoring that. And if they continue to not be following the procedures and the checklists that you set out for them to do, I would definitely be looking at letting them go. Here's the thing though. I recommend that you look at your procedures and your checklists. They're, the barrier to entry for dog walking and pet sitting is very small. And so, you know, what I see with a lot of pet sitters and dog walkers is they give this huge long list of things that their staff members need to do and they're only getting paid like eight or 10 bucks an hour or, you know, half hour, whatever it is, if you're charging per visit. And, you know, you may be asking too much of them, not that I'm saying don't be a stickler for getting what you want from your staff members in terms of a good job, but there may be things where you're just asking too much. You are, you know, the procedures and the checklists are just too long. So definitely take a look at that and see if that, you know, is there for you. So somebody, Susan from Eugene, I'm new to pet sitting and I still work at my day job. Is there a good system to start with part-time? So you work at a day job, which means you're probably working like nine to five. So I would recommend, you know, pet sitting, taking a couple clients on in the morning, 
you know, pet sitting is generally 6 to maybe 9 a.m. Some clients, they may need you midday. So maybe on your lunch break, you swing over there for them. And then the evening, so between like 6 and 9 p.m. So, you know, initially just taking a couple clients on, you're going to have to get used to saying no if you're doing some marketing because it's going to impact your current job, okay? But just start off slow. And then as the business increases, what you might want to do is see if you can go from full-time to part-time. That doesn't always happen with, you know, jobs. They don't always give you that. But, you know, you can ask for it and see. And if not, you might want to look at another day job that is more part-time that would really support the vision that you have of starting a pet sitting business. So thank you, everybody. I'm sorry I wasn't able to get to all your questions. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you later, you guys. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye, Tamika. Bye, Tracy. Bye, Karen. Bye, Cheryl. Bye, Kelly. Hi, pet business owners. I hope you enjoyed those mini coaching sessions with me. I want to remind you two things. If you are looking for a fantastic software system for your business, whether it be a dog training business, a pet sitting business, dog walking, pet grooming, I want to encourage you to go ahead and shoot me an email at admin at prosperouspetbusiness.com and just put software recommendation in the subject line and I will go ahead and forward that to the creator of the software that I highly recommend and he will contact you for a short demo where you can preview the software and see if it's a good fit for you. The other thing I want to say is I will be doing some mini coaching sessions again in the future. So if you would like to put your name in the hat for that, go ahead and shoot me an email also at admin at prosperouspetbusiness.com and put mini coaching session in the subject line along with your question. And I may call on you for the mini coaching session for you to appear on the podcast or for your question to be on the podcast. So I look forward to helping you in any way that I can. And I wish you a beautiful day and I'll look forward to connecting with you here again very soon. Take good care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.